How's it going, y'all? My name's Ryan Martin. My name is Ryan Murphy. My name is James Rose. And we're responding to the, to the prompt of uh, broken Black and American capitalism. I think as we continue to address the ongoing issue of poverty present in Black communities, it's important to recognize where it stemmed from, which is the purpose of this podcast. Black communities are flooded with unequal treatment, police brutality, et cetera. It seems as if the system is against an entire race of people. While this is an outlandish statement, it is not entirely untrue. Yeah. Um, I think, boys, just to start off, I think we start with, uh, we go in chronological order and start off with the Civil War. So yeah. I think post-emancipation, the Civil War is often credited, credited with creating the modern economy through industrialization, modern taxation, banking, and paper currency. I think prior to the Civil War, there was little use of taxation, and the common currency was the use of gold dollars as opposed to currency. Yet there's this burning question as to how and why Black communities are still ridden with poverty and a lack of support after all this time. What do y'all think? Um, you know, I totally agree. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, I do think it's a question, like, why are people, why are Black people still in poverty, like, mainly most of them impoverished and you know given their history uh it's a weird it's a weird answer to i mean i don't really know what the answer would be to that um and i don't know what we see today um it's it's a weird topic i'm not gonna lie but it's hard to like wrap your head around it you know yeah i think if we kind of bring it more to a modern sense the black lives matter movement is up some modern effort to obtain answers to that question as well, as well as to address the movement um, as to why the beginning of poverty was plaguing Black communities upon emancipation. I think after analyzing research we looked at related to poverty and where it stems uh, stems from, we, we were brought to some conclusive thoughts as to why the Black Lives Matter movement has truly showed us the socioeconomic division among Black communities and white communities as well as the likelihood of a black person in the United States living in poverty is almost double that of a white person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the current state of like black communities compared to, you know, predominantly white communities, it's, you know, a night and day difference. Yeah, that's right. And like, you don't have to look at, I don't think you even have to look at like BLM itself. I think you kind of just see it you know, just walking down the street or on news or really on social media, anything really. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think prior to the Civil War, um, Southern slaveholders apparently used to claim that their labor system was more humane than wage slavery in the factories of the industrializing North. Um, overall, I think we can see through history that um, they didn't win that argument, but the idea took that route in the South during and after slavery. They did not have a true capitalist economy. I'm curious as to why they would believe that in the first place, really, because like, I mean, it's that. I mean, I mean, it would definitely be more beneficial to slave owners, but like, looking at it on a broader broader scale, like, it's extremely inhumane as opposed to being giving like a wage. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's definitely inhumane. I mean, I'm not going to lie, it definitely did. Like, unfortunately, you know, this is like a big thing. Like, I don't know, like a big dark past, like in U.S. history. And like, uh, unfortunately, it did like increase the economy by a lot. Um, But like, you know, it's just 
the human nature just add a question there. Yeah, no, I think when we look back at the division of the South and the North, the South was definitely economically different. Um, and that didn't entirely um, entail anybody to be a defender of slavery or segregation. But I think looking at the North compared to the South, looking at the descendants of slave families towards or um, in regards to the North families, um, efficiency and industriousness weren't as desired in the South as they were in the North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, when you compare the North from the South, like, the South was, like, an economic powerhouse, but the North, I mean, it had all those factories, and it seemed, like, to a degree, had more, like, morality than the South. Oh, yeah. That's right, yeah. And I'll say, like, I think the South, like, like, special, like, what they did, like, plantation, all that, I think that's also very hard thing to like organize too um i don't know i feel like plantation we still even see like plantation day i mean i know our farmers like work pretty hard but like it's a pretty hard thing to you know organize too but kind of funny you brought that up yeah i think um when we look at all the social indicators as to what wealth or what pertains to succeeding in this modern capitalist society, I think income, health, and education were much lower in the South than they were in the North. And this could be a direct result as towards the end of slavery and just the the practice of white people, just looking at black people as they were um, just in their eyes, they're still slaves. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Just like a lot less education and a lot more, like just crazier stuff happening in the South than you would see in the North. Yeah. I mean, you got, I mean, you have some slaves in the North that were actually educated to a degree while a lot of the slaves that, I mean, resided, that resided in the South and couldn't even like read or, I mean, could only really pick up on like body language, really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think as we move towards, like, as we go kind of in order with the podcast, I think we move towards, like, Nixon and, like, his uh, reaction to capitalism. Mm -hmm. I think upon the end of the Civil War, I mean, we already discussed this, but um, the Civil War is often credited with uh, creating this modern economy that we still see through today with capitalism. And he had this, uh, uh, Nixon direct quoted, um, Claimed capitalism was the natural cure for the ghetto, according to Nixon. His whole cause seemed to address this. Um, let's help black people help themselves through black fund through through private funding and entrepreneurship, rather than um, seeking to provide reparations post slavery. What do you guys think on that? Um, I think. Um, actually, can you repeat that again? Like, uh, what is quote? I kind of blanked out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, capitalism is the natural cure for the ghetto, according to Nixon. His whole cause seemed to uh, be this address of let's help black people help themselves through private funding and entrepreneurship. Yeah. So like, as opposed to like, I don't know, providing reparations right upon slavery that sort of like not giving away land, but 
um, providing something in forms of other than wealth that can help them obtain like a status in what would be modern uh, modern economy today. I mean, I can in a in a sense like see the direction where he was going. Like it's kind of like the same, like same like metaphor. Like if you teach a man how to fish, like he can fish for the rest of his life. Like if you can actually like if like if um African Americans are able like to be taught how to make like an income or make money and whatnot, they're much better off suited than just being handed a lump sum of cash and like not in one sense like depleted. They're back to from where they started. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you just like just hand money basically to, you know, like someone who doesn't know how to use that money. I mean, when they get their hands on money that they've never had before, they're just going to spend it just like that. But I don't, I don't like, I kind of like the idea of capitalism. Like, you know, I'm for, I, I like that, like private ownership, but like the way they did it was just so crazy. Like, I mean, that quote, like, you know, that's just, that's like, um, that's like, oh, what's the word? Like violating your right of private ownership of something. I mean, that's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I, it's definitely a crazy thing to even say. Yeah, I think to just like address capitalism, I guess we should define it for the viewers technically. And, and uh, capitalism can be defined as an economic or political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by state. And when looking at Nixon's address towards this, this effort to assist black people in an age where there was just not a lot of progress um, in, uh, towards developing the race as a whole post-slavery, I think looking back on how Nixon gave us black capitalism in a sense, uh, we can see it as instead of giving government jobs or like government housing or assistance in welfare, in welfare um, there was this effort to use the government and to use its tax and credit policies to assist them, which in reality, not a lot of, not many of them are educated coming from the South at this point. And I feel like there would have been a lack of knowledge as to how to go about using credit and tax policies to assist them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, can like kind of continuing on, like uh, Nixon uh, quoted again, said that the greatest engine of progress ever developed in the history of man was American private enterprise. What do you boys think on that? Uh, I think like, you know, like having the right, like to, have like a private enterprise or like a small business, large business that's owned by you. Um, I think it's like a great thing to do, but when you violate it, like they did back then, and like you do all this crazy stuff, whether you're having slaves as workers, whether you're doing like producing terrible stuff, misadvertising it for more profit, which we see a lot today, unfortunately. Uh, I think whenever you like violate that right, um, it's not a good thing to do. But I think having that right's pretty nice. Not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I mean, I in like a sense, yeah, uh, like a private business or like whatnot. It's definitely like if you want to make money nowadays, or if you want to like collect lumps of money, definitely creating your own business is the best way to get startle of that but his target audience 
is people that for their time were not nearly as educated as other people. So in a way, like, obviously, I mean, I believe his, like, his quote to be true, but for his target audience that he's in trying to help, I don't think it's the best way to go about that. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, looking back at the time, I think um, that the generation of white Americans had gained wealth through the discriminatory government-sponsored credit subsidies that Nixon kind of brought into place through like student and mortgage loans. And when we look back at this whole claim to fame of being black capitalism for Nixon, he kind of pointed uh, black people to the free market and wished them luck as opposed to white people having prior knowledge of the market and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's little, that's basically like telling two people both like different backgrounds. One, like if you get, like, if you tell, like give some like two people like a thousand dollars and tell them to go trade stocks whatnot one guy's not gonna know what he's doing while the other guy you know studies them and has done like everything in the book and is really like familiar with the stock market i mean someone's obviously gonna be making a ton more money than the other person and the other person might even like just lose it all yeah oh sure it's like giving a very like you like some that's like giving a job that requires years of knowledge to someone who doesn't even have like a day of knowledge of it. Like they don't even know what they're doing. So they're like prone to fail. Oh, completely agree. And I think when we look back towards like Nixon's, uh, Nixon's response to black capitalism and how it was adopted in some form, we can kind of relate it to like modern day efforts of like Ronald Reagan's enterprise zone or Bill Clinton's new tax credits or Barack Obama's promise zones. And then eventually leading into Trump's um, opportunity opportunity zones program which um which the the backing of that was to provide tax cuts to investors to spur development in economically distressed areas where i mean i feel like as this was a good uh or a responsible effort on his part as to take nixon's idea and to kind of put it into a way as to where this would actually be beneficial to communities ridden with poverty especially black communities but I mean, the the Opportunity Zones project by Trump was um, the labeling of Opportunity Zones and because of like forced rec- racial segregation backed by federal law, I think we can see why this was necessary as when we look at modern day where there's just this stat or the stat on how um, a black person is almost uh, double the likelihood of a white person to be put into poverty. And that's I mean, from my opinion, just basically, like, I feel like that's just, they're kind of born into it at this point. Yeah. I definitely agree when you say, like, they're pretty much born into it because, like, it's a generational thing. Like, the generation before them just kind of teach them the same thing, and it just keeps on going on and on. Like, yeah, it's, it's a terrible thing. Yeah. And I think when we dive deeper into that whole Opportunity Zones project. Yeah. Um, and the private funding sort of idea as opposed to government welfare and checks and stuff like that. It was entrepreneurs, like the people that were actually in charge of private funding that um, who leveraged like loans um, disproportionately, which were targeted kind of towards black borrowers and the profits and help produce 
the financial crisis that wiped out almost 53% of the wealth of the black community. Yeah, and this is back towards 2010. Yeah. Yeah, that just sucks. Um, I think we can kind of relate that back to our prior point as to how like there's a lack of education and mm-hmm. even that's even true today when we look at um, just schools written with with poverty, public schools and uh, black communities, especially as like um, some people would put it ghettos where there's just not a lot of effort to educate. Rather, mm-hmm. there's just the systematic yeah. idea that people are put into poverty and then eventually leading into the criminal criminal system. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, going back to like, that's also a generational thing. It's just going to get worse and worse. Uh, there's like no opportunity for get better because like there is n- like nothing that will make it better. Just like a recipe for like, like just the same thing. Yeah, no, I think as we like kind of dive deeper into that as well, I mean, backtracking towards Nixon, um, uh, Hubert Humphrey actually said it very well. You can't have black capitalism without capital, but this was honestly Nixon's legacy. When we look back at his efforts to, in a sense, assist black communities. I mean, going into this whole private funding era, you can't really invest or have knowledge of investing without any capital to begin with, which also stems from slavery and just not receiving reparations among the emancipation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like you're telling someone to um, like, just like invest in something when they don't even have the money for it. Like, if like if you want black capitalism to be a thing like they need they need to have capital in the first place like you said yeah, yeah. no for sure yeah oh I mean, james you got something uh yeah I, I keep on saying yeah but uh um i think like yeah like there's like oh there's got to be like a way to like stop the generational thing because like it's just it's just been going on like for i mean like years and years like I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a big problem. I don't know. Yeah, looking back, uh, I think the big reasons these, these programs failed was um, because the benefits of capitalism always would occur to like the owners of capital. Yet black people had no capital or not enough capital in response in like relation to the white community at this point and using capitalism to fix the racial wealth gap only work if there's a means to like transfer capital assets mm-hmm. or wealth. And this has just yeah. never happened. So uh, would you, um, would you like, if you were to like pick, like should black people have reparations or should black people like be better educated? What would you pick? I think honestly, I think immediate reparations Mm-hmm. In this day and age where people are educated and there's just a lot of effort towards uh, higher education, I feel that reparations, although needed, there's a lack of um, understandings to how we would go about that, which I think most of us wrote about in our papers recently. Yeah. But I think, honestly, like, the best case scenario would be communities would benefit through more jobs and development. But that would also 
there's this effort of like, I mean, not effort, but there's this realization that any rise in real estate or people looking for jobs and the creation of jobs, often the um, immediate reward of that would just go straight to the people that initially invested in this idea, which we can see over time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are attempts of reparation going around right now. Um, I know just a couple of weeks ago, Harvard implemented a, uh, or like pledged a hundred million dollars towards reparations, trying to, uh, like kind of avoid like or help because I mean Harvard is tied to a lot of racism and stuff like that being built upon like the 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 top dollar of you know wealthy slaveholders back then and trying to do good for themselves and for you know the black community as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I also think looking like or speaking like on the immediate. Um, California also just did or proposed something similar. Um, I think California, um, yeah, um, they may need to pay over $200,000 per person to black residents if the state wishes to make good on promises of reparations for past for the past housing discrimination, which we talked about previously. Um, this, this number was uh, done by examining gaps in housing and speculating the approximate amount of wealth lost between 1933 and 1977. And the state panel says that Black Californians lost on average $5,074 per year under previous housing policies. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was also um, another uh, like city, uh, I believe it, it was, it's in Ev Evanston, Illinois, and they recently just um, like allocated $10 million towards local reparations, giving like um, you know, African-Americans, like, houses and whatnot. I mean, it, they, I think they are only able to give, like, um, like 16 families houses, but, you know, it's a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah, no, totally agree. I think kind of close out, you guys want to go into, like, what we see today is, like, ways to fix this common. Yeah, I think that'd be a good way to, um, you know, end things. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think looking at uh, Elizabeth Warren's housing bill more specifically, I think was a great start to the integration plan, which kind of integrates all of the things that we've seen through Nixon and Trump's efforts as in how to help a community so impoverished by poverty. And I think James Baldwin said it the best, which was uh, a ghetto can only be improved in one way, and that's to take it out of existence. What do you guys think on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that is a good way. I guess it just really determines on, like, what his definition of out of existence is, like, as in, like, rebuilding the ghettos or just completely destroying them and, like, and like building, building other stuff, stuff such like that. I think it really just depends on what his definition of out of existence is. Yeah. I think the whole backing of Elizabeth Warren's thing was um, sort of related, related to affordable housing. 
And I think that there is a lack of affordable housing or programs to assist people in finding affordable housing, mm-hmm. which I think that affordable housing can reduce the barriers in between, you know, the common white middle-class family that lives in the suburbs and how black communities, well, although not all of them, but there is a heavy population in these ghettos where the Affordable Housing Act could kind of assist in destroying or not eliminating that barrier, but bringing it down to an area where assistance and intention can be sort of looked at differently and people can identify that Black communities are starting to thrive in that sort of situation. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be a really good thing. I think... um, I think the cost of housing is squeezing American families and communities all across the countries, regardless of rural, suburban, urban, whether they're struggling to pay rent or trying to buy a home. I think there's just a, the cost of housing is going up. And even, even today, that's definitely evident. Yeah. Especially today. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like, you know, I've been looking like the future after college, like getting a house here. And like the, I mean, the prices are insane. Like, and I think the prices have been going going up like for everything too, like cars, boats, um, like everything. And I don't know if that's due to code or not, but it like everything going up, especially houses. It's definitely been like taking a toll on everyone, really. Yeah, I agree. I mean, really, I've only seen prices for stuff go up. I mean, it's reflective on, you know, how the economy is doing right now, which is not very good. So, yeah, I know. I totally agree. I think that's honestly a great point to close out with, because at this point, there is a lot of unknown and mm-hmm. we can't can't solve every issue. But taking time to look at what the causes and what the roots are of certain issues is definitely beneficial. Yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah. All right. Well. Thanks for your time, boys. Yeah, it was fun talking to you guys. Yeah, thank you guys. Of course. All right.